0: there, and welcome to Pivotal
1: Film. I am Tom Nolan. And I'm Mario Ponzio. And there's nobody else here besides the two of us. Wolfgang Pearson's spirit might be here. It feels like it today. Wolfgang Pearson maybe is floating over us, going Do you guys remember
0: Neverending Story? And it's like, No, Wolfgang, I don't actually. I don't remember that movie at all. Yeah, I I thought I did, and then I watched it, like, fairly recently, just to see if I could show it to my kids, and I was like... So we've been watching the rehearsal instead. Is that kid appropriate? Um, they love it. Wait, is it like TVMA is what I'm saying? I think it is, but maybe only just like for the ideas. Okay, for so the it's best. Not like language-wise or... Well, I think there might be. I haven't, I haven't really noticed, but there's no... So Nathan, for you, was very sexual. Mm-hmm. Like, he talked about, like, sex, like, a lot. So we've kind of... Um, they've wanted more Nathan, so we've uh, tried to find some ones that, like, what? Wait, what? Oh, like, so Nathan
1: for you was pretty sexual and your kids have wanted more Nathan? They
0: wanted just, because they, they watch the rehearsal and they think he's really funny. Oh, okay. so they okay. want to watch Got more it. Nathan for you.
1: I was thinking that they had watched Nathan for you. <laughs> no, no, no. And they're like, we want more Nathan. And then so you watch the rehearsal.
0: <laughs> no we started I like, with the rehearsal. wait a minute. But like, um, there was a great, we went to see um, Into the Woods the other day on Broadway. And when we were walking through Times Square, we were walking back. And there's, like, an HBO Max, like, billboard that, like, changes Discovery every Plus. ten seconds. Or what, oh, yeah, Discovery Plus. And uh, there's a Nathan thing. And my little guy was like, hey, it's Nathan. And I was like, I did all right. I question my abilities as a parent sometimes. But I let my kids watch the rehearsal. And they're recognizing Nathan Fielder I mean, out in, like, the field. And meanwhile,
1: Zaslav walked past you and went, mm. maybe cancel that show, too. <laughs> <laughs> too popular. It's the wrong demographics.
0: <laughs> Which demographics are you going for, David Zaslav? I'm not sure. The but no it's not that guy. The no neck, day
1: fiance graphic demographics. <laughs> uh, oh man, I think it's like two shows left, or oh, in the rehearsal on HBO Max. I think it's like Peacemaker, Harley Quinn, Doom Patrol, and I guess the rehearsal.
0: All DC like <laughs> TV <laughs>
1: content. Is the rehearsal DC? Sure. The Green Lantern. I was just going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's what we're building Strike, towards. Strike says Green. Because he's doing different things, yeah. right? And like the gr- he's got to practice. The ring. And that's what everyone said the problem with the original Green Lantern one: Not enough rehearsal. Uh, not, yeah. They would not have not figured it out if they
1: practiced more so. Man, Peter Sarsgaard just
0: really dropped the ball on that one. That's what happen? Who was he in Green Who's Lantern? He was the villain. Oh, really? Who, who was, was like the, the villain? he the thinker
1: or whatever? Oh, or really? Maybe he
0: the thinker in the Marvel. Yeah, he wasn't just cool. Peter Sarsgaard? No, he's not. Who remembers that movie? Ryan Reynolds versus Peterson. Martin <laughs> Campbell
1: doesn't remember that movie.
0: Oh man. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. So, so
1: we have four we films to get through today. One of these films you haven't seen,
0: Tom, because you just didn't want to. Just not. It's not it's got too many. It's got one person in it that I'm just it
1: had, it had, not it had, doing, it doing that it anymore. It had one person I really disliked who <laughs> actually ended up being like okay with. But then I do remember. Well, I'll get to it in a second. But I do remember something from this movie that I was like, "Oh, this is pretty good. And okay. I looked it up just now and I was like, Ooh, that makes <laughs> sense for me. Uh, that film is the English directorial debut of Helena Regin um, by a uh, screenplay by Sarah DeLapp. I think it's her first screenplay, I assume. It is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Our friend is dead.
0: Who is doing this? They're trying to kill us off one by one. That would be so obvious if I were the killer. Taking off my clothes in the window for the neighbor. Where are you? Oh, 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 oh. How long have you known her? What are you talking about? Oh, Jordan, what are you doing? I'm staying safe. Really? Because it looks like you're grabbing a meat cleaver to go look for my boyfriend. should watch the girl. I brought something. What is it? It's zucchini bread. Yum. My girl, pop girl, rich girl, I'm a girl, Boss girl, catch me if you can go.
1: A group of ne'er-do-well wealthy 20-somethings are having a hurricane party. Uh also invited is the girlfriend of one of these ne'er-do-wells who is kind of a working-class Eastern European woman uh, played by Oscar nominee uh, Maria Bacalova? Bakalova? Bak-
0: Baklova. It still seems funny to say.
1: But, uh, that's why I said it. Um, they do various amounts of drinking and drugs and... Sexuality and stuff and doing these things that the peoples do in the times. Original. And eventually they play a game of Bodies, 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 which is a werewolf style game. Um, Tensions rise between various people and uh, one of them is found dead. I will keep this mostly spoiler three until I'll give a little spoiler Mm -hmm. second when I say the ending. One of them's found dead. Uh, They lose their mind, wondering who it could be. They go on a goose chase throughout the mansion, As a storm rages on, people are killed um, by members of the party, or found dead, has um, tensions sort of rise, but most of the focus is kind of based upon everyone's sort of mental state and social influence instead of the actual deaths happening. It's They're more afraid of kind of the minor aspects of their personalities coming to light like Mm -hmm. one of them is a podcaster who finds out that nobody really likes her podcast and that's more (laughs) bothersome than um you know murders happening one of them is cheating on her girl one of them is cheating on her girlfriend with another woman and that is more important than um the murders going on Mm -hmm. um the list of people is, is cut down eventually to uh, to two people.
0: Whoa.
1: Um, they, they struggle not for a gun that is nearby, but for a phone um, because of the fact that it's something to do with the story. Uh, eventually, one of them gets the phone and discovers this is where the spoiler pods will happen. Spoiler alert. So it'll be like 15 seconds that there really was no killer. The uh, initial victim... Killed himself accidentally with a sword while trying to saber a champagne bottle. Pete Davidson's the first one to die, obviously. <laughs> um, and all the deaths that have happened because they killed kind of each other throughout the night or accidentally tripped because they're on drugs have all been just accidents and there was no murders. And then oh, cool. the horny... Honk if you're horny guy. Uh, Lee from, Pace? I, yeah, no, no. I think if I think you should leave. Um, Conor O'Malley pops up because he's been the guy who's been gone, and you think he might be one of the killers or a body. And he's like, "What happened?" <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Cool. And that's the end of the spoiler. Uh, I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, there's gonna be some spoilers from now on for like, the the thing. I it works. It's fun. It has kind of a loose screenplay, uh, a loose direction. Um, there's never any sort of tension or anything, except for one scene where they think Lee Pace's character, he's the, like, 40-something who's dating uh, uh-huh. Rachel Sanois, but it's like they've only been dating for two weeks, and he's gone to Afghanistan as a vet. You find out he went to Afghanistan as a veterinary technician <laughs> instead of an actual vet. But she, you know, Rachel Sanois' character said vet. Um, he just kind of misses the first initial death of, of David and they think he was the one that committed it because they have kind of masculine tensions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only time that there's any sort of horror element. For the most part, this is just a pure, straightforward comedy. And it's a really loose screenplay mm-hmm. overall. Like You can tell a lot of like Rachel Sanoid's doing. It. It's kind of in the style of her humor from her Comedy Central show and her awful stand-up. Well, um, I've, I've never, never seen it, any of that. It, it, she's one of those stand-up comedians who like tells a joke, and goes, ha, ha, ha. It's like, no. why are you laughing at your own joke, Rachel? That's let let it breathe. Um, but it works overall mm-hmm. as kind of like this, this thing you watch and then forget about like in three or four days. People have been calling it kind of this like clever send-off of, of Gen Z. Know, types and like what they're actually thinking about like the not wokeness but like the worrying more about self-care and mental health over like actual things and i'm kind of like looking at this going like this is kind of like a a thing that's like throughout generations so it doesn't really feel past president it mm-hmm. kind of feels like something you see with millennials it's just maybe with the slight terminologies that you see in gen z and some of the focus on like tiktok and whatnot. right um but all the performances work it's fine It's ultimately fine. Mm -hmm. The thing the one thing I really loved in this is there's moments where the score is does like a carpenter esque kind of like beat as they're trying to like run into a car. Um, and I'm like, This is a great score. And I'm sitting there going like, I really like this score in these moments. And then just now I realized it's disaster piece who did the score and I was like, Oh well. Well, so this, uh, this makes sense. That I didn't know Disasterpiece did the score until literally just now, and I was like, mm, that makes sense. It's so funny. I, have I may have, have, I may end up having
0: a Disasterpiece score on my end of your list, with because he did. Um, oh, he did. Marcel did. The, Marcel show. the show, and that score. I still is haven't seen that yet. Excellent. It's an excellent I film.
1: I haven't seen that. I, want, I do want to see that. I think
0: it mean A twenty four fucks everything up, um, and so I'm I'll sure. I'll probably it see it this weekend. I might know, see it this weekend because I want to see a movie. It's
1: still in. It's, it's still, still on, on Criterion. Yeah. it's good. I mean, fucking the black phone is still at theaters. So, um, I don't, I don't but yeah, know. overall, I think I think it's it's a fine, fun ninety-five minutes. The jokes work. Uh, the cast all has personality in some ways. Like nobody really is annoying. I think Pete Davidson does a good job of playing a sh- schmuck. Of being Pete Davidson. He, he Pete, he's Pete Davidson, but he's doing it kind of in a different way. Mm-hmm. Instead of he's portraying like all the negative aspects of that Pete Davidson persona without that kind of, like, twinge of, like, feel bad. You know, he kind of has, mm. like, that feel bad yeah, for me yeah. He takes away that, and he's just, like, complete shit oh, good. in this. And so he's actually, like, one of my favorite parts of it. Hmm. Um, I know you don't like Lee Pace, but I always like... I always, like Lee Pace. I thought you disliked Lee Pace. No, he's who's just Who's the person weird. who's like Lee Pace you don't like? I can't remember. We'll remember yeah, eventually. Okay. Who could that be? Um, I usually don't Pace? like Rachel Senoit, but she's kind of, like, my, probably my favorite... Well, she's my favorite part in terms of the comedy mm-hmm. of it. Um... I think just probably because she's the one who's built, has like, her and Davidson are the ones who are the comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's able to play off of everyone else better. Uh, Maria Bakalova's good as just the like straight person mm-hmm. in it. Like she doesn't really, she has some comedy, but most of the stuff that she's doing is just kind of like the through person line your audience in through these kind of like caricatures. Mm-hmm. Um, watching it though, I was kind of, I, you know, it's, it's not going to stand the time to films of its ilk. I mean, in the sense of like Murder by Death. Well, not they, gonna, yeah. It's not going to reach
0: that. I've heard... That, I was listening to a podcast... i not going to compare it to Clue because Clue is right. a completely different animal, but... I was listening to a podcast and they were comparing it to, like, um, Ready or Not. Like, pretty heavily. Think it's
1: similar to Ready or Not. Ready or Not's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a horror comedy. And, like, people compared it to Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Mm. It's not those... It's It's not a horror in the least. It yeah. is... A murder mystery. It is it is trying to do that like kind of Agatha Christie S sort of thing. It's not that violent. But with
0: like this Gen Z kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Life.
1: That's why I compare it. I think its best comparison is Murder by Death. Hmm. And it's it's just not to that level of murder. Because Murder by Death is just more of a film. It's, it's more of, you know, mocking kind of the films of its elk of its error and yeah. doing a really good job of, of nailing that. And this just kind of this at times definitely feels
0: like it's trying to like dive into the Gen Z to Easily, um, well, I just I I openly and maybe this is like where I'm not like the best customer for satire or something like that, but like I, the idea that like and this is one of the like interesting things. Even though I've heard differently about one of the movies we're talking about later, I reject the idea that if someone was confronted with the idea, like legitimately confronted with the idea that like I'm gonna kill you or somebody's gonna kill you or somebody is actively killing the people around me, they wouldn't be so worried about any of that stuff. I, there's a, There must be, I have to believe there's still a, some kind of primal instinct left in humans that would say, don't worry about that. Focus on living. I agree. There's
1: always this suspension of disbelief I'm willing to give these movies. Right. You know, in the sense of, like, this is an otherworldly sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, in, in the sense of, like, it it is staged and it needs to be this way for it to work. And it's one of those, as long as, as long as I said, like if it's consistent throughout, mm-hmm. um, like if suddenly, like you had one character have a mental breakdown because of their boyfriend dying. Like I would have kind of happens almost, but, um, mm-hmm. like if that happened throughout the film and was emotionally inconsistent from everything else, then yeah, I could criticize it. I think just with, if it's consistent with how it's input and its output is and everything else that all the acts work, in that way, I, I give it the benefit of the doubt,
0: because
1: otherwise, like slasher movies, would never work.
0: Right. No, but slasher movies also don't have to like pre- don't always pretend to be social commentary where they're judging the yeah, like, and I don't I know don't, the, the this generation or this whatever.
1: That, supposed to. I don't think necessarily it's supposed to be social commentary. I think it's supposed to be poking fun of, but not necessarily saying anything. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, aren't these trends funny? You know, kind of like something like Clueless did in its time. It's not it's a commentary of how the the vapidity, if that's a word, of nineties kind of pop culture was. Um, or even something like the transitional aspect like Fast Times Richmond High from the seventies to the eighties. It's not it's it's making fun of an error, but it's not necessarily
0: saying anything about it. And I don't think this movie's saying anything. It's just being fun. Mm. You know what's ironic about Clueless is that like Paul Rudd is super nineties in that movie but he's not like the same kind of 90s as Alicia Silverstone's character. Yeah. But like, he's very 90s. So one 90s is good, and the other 90s is He's got good like
1: bad. that Gus Van Zandt-ish 90s. Yeah, he's this, like underground
0: 90s guy. 90s, a lot of depth there, Mario. Maybe that'll be on Sight and Sound. <laughs> Include the yeah, Clues? That'll be Spirits.
1: Oh, well,
0: over. Huh? It. Maybe. The 50s? 40s? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to upseat Vertigo. I don't think, think it's going to upseat Vertigo. I think they just kind of like...
1: They <laughs> just put it in there. Put Vertigo in there and they're like, it's stuck. I, I think a random third movie's going to like pop in.
0: They put Vertigo and they're like, why did I do that?
1: Yeah. I, I think didn't even I want to see ver- I can see Vertigo dropping to like fourth. Because I think some of the people who really liked Vertigo has a film that was like a...
0: Attention, tense film of its time mm-hmm. have died in the past 10 years. <laughs> no, the thing that would actually haunt me, and we're off topic again, uh, the thing that would haunt me is if like the social network gets on some reason, oh, like be, somehow. That'd be a I'd fucking go crazy. If it's like the one Fincher movie that's there. Is like we decided David Fincher needs to be on this list, and the representative film is going <laughs> to be the social I think, network. I
1: think if one Fincher movie was going to make it on Sight and Sounds list, it would just be Zodiac. I would hope so. I mean, or like, anything kinda, other than the social network. You gotta, you gotta think, like, science sounds pretty consistent with, like, not choosing
0: to be the, the OVOR. Like, I worry. I worry, yeah. Mario.
1: Are you as worried about the social network as you would be if you were trapped in the woods in the 18th century with a, with a giant alien? Yes. Or a bear? <laughs> I don't know, that bear is pretty scary. Or a wolf, Or a snake? <laughs> or a wolf? It's true. Are some French people, which is the scariest part
0: of all? Yeah, French people are no good. We're talking about prey. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. My Nita. Oh
1: It is uh the early eighteenth century in the great plains. Nauru is a, a Comanche woman who um, has been trained to kind of be a healer, but she wants to become a hunter uh, in the ilk of her I'm saying ilk a lot in the in the way of her brother mm-hmm. um, but the you know uh, everyone else is like, you can't do that. no way Jose get out of here <laughs> get out but um she keeps trying you know she hunts some rabbits she comes up with that little neat little throwing hatchet i know i kept wanting her to back. say
0: get over here once <laughs> oh, that would have been great.
1: <laughs> i could see a you could yeah I mean, like, you know, Pre- predator and predator mortal Kombat have already been a, a thing together oh really yeah predator, i think predator is in one of the mortal combat games ah. the DLC. um they eventually kill a mountain lion one of their own dies uh She's noticing weird things going on. Um. Like a skinned snake. Yeah. Which
0: is horrifying. Just uh, when you thought snakes couldn't get it any more terrifying. Here comes the yeah, skinned one just writhing around on the ground. Yeah, no good. That
1: predator must have been so embarrassed. He's like, this snake wasn't a big wasn't even that good of a Got it. He's like, oh, that's pretty easy. Now what? Um she, she sees some skinned bison, which, you know, we think it's the predator, but it's actually the fur traders. Um, and she's attacked by a grizzly bear. And now she's attacked. Oh, boy, what is, what's this else is attacking the grizzly bear? It's a predator. Ah! Then <laughs> um, she's captured by some fur traders who are dicks. It's like, what's going on here? What's this other thing that's around? Mm-hmm. What, the, what the hell is this? Where's Bill Paxton? Or is there a subway nearby? <laughs> very Busey screams some stuff in a meat locker and Topher Grace poisons somebody. You are, um, your, you are getting your
0: Predator movies confused. <laughs> what if Topher Grace just walked in and was like, what's going on guys? <laughs> Can I be back in these movies?
1: <laughs> you know, eventually then the Predator comes. He kills all the, the French people. Um, but the siblings escape. Uh, All that stuff sort of sort of keeps happening. Eventually, the sibling—it's kind of a hard movie to describe because it happens so fast.
0: Well, it's just um, like a, in a lot of ways, it, it's just an action movie. Yeah. so you're just describing the siblings, action sequences and
1: the siblings then that's fight. The, plot. the siblings then fight the predator. Um, Tob, the, the brother, is, is killed. But Naru kills the predator using her wile, her, her smarts. She makes the predator shoot himself in the head, which mm-hmm. I love that scene. It was great. The predator's like, "What?" Oh. I like they like this, like the. Right. Damn it. <laughs> mm. Uh, and then she decapitates the Predator, and she's like, "Ah, you did it." And then the other Predator's come, and they're like, "Oh, Predator two uh, <laughs> tie-in. We need this pistol to give to Danny Glover."
0: Yeah. What the hell was that?
1: Why did they do that? Because they—it's it's a little Easter egg. Because that, <sighs> they give the gun to Danny Glover. I know. what's still, apparently, Dan Trachtenberg did not like that. He was like, he was told to do that. Oh, really? Yeah. He was like, uh, "It wasn't my." They're like, "Oh, did you like doing that throwback?" And he's like,
0: "It wasn't my." It'd be funny that he, <laughs> he shot the Comanche like chief, just being like, with a quizzical look on his face, like, okay. <laughs> um, what, what do you think of this movie? Uh, I thought it rocked. I mean, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a super good time. Um, it's uh, lean. Uh, what is it? Ninety ninety six minutes. Ninety six minutes. Every
1: I think every other Predator film before the standalone Predator film. Has been exactly 106 or 107 minutes. Mm-hmm. So this one's like 10 minutes shorter.
0: It and um it it moves really quick. Um there's not a ton of, as you can tell by like Mario's plot like synopsis, there's not like a ton of exposition, there's not a ton of plot really. Like they introduce the predator, and at a certain point, it's really just kind of like how do we deal with the predator? And so there's like inner, like, you know, inner tribe and like human to human like um, I don't know, drama going on with, you, you know, Nehru kind of wanting to be a hunter and the, the, the men of the tribe saying, like, you can't. And then they the predator just kills them all. And then the fur trappers grab her and they're like, help us kill the predator. And then the predator kills all of them. And then her, you know, um, her brother gets in a fight, her and her brother get in the fight, and then the predator kills him. And so he just kind of gets rid of all the people until there's just Nehru and she's kind of figured some stuff out through the process, which I thought was really good and really clever and really sophisticated of the script, is that, like, every time she fights a predator, she fights the predator, she learns something about fighting the predator. Yeah. Which um, is super interesting, especially with a movie like this. You wouldn't expect, like, that high level of, like, character development. And for it not to be present in any way except in, like, her face and her actions um, is really good. I thought the last two action sequence in particular are uh fantastic um everything that happens in these circular contained areas i think is really clever um but the way he shoots that stuff is 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 really good the fighting scenes are like expertly staged and amber mid-thunder is fantastic um i got i got no complaints I kind of, i almost kind of wish I did have a complaint, and I—I—I I, I really have you, don't. Have you
1: seen all thirteen Alien and Predator movies? Mm-mm. Well, just to give you an opinion of what I think of these, this movie, I'm gonna rank all thirteen right here. Okay. Right so very bottom of the list: Alien versus Predator. Rec Room. That movie stinks. Movie so bad you can't see anything. It's good. It's gory, which uh-huh. would be great. They can't see it. Then you get Shane Black's to Predator because nobody knows what the fuck he was doing there. That was just craziness and so much bad CGI. Then you get the first Alien vs Predator, <coughs> PG thirteen, so that's why it's that far down. But hmm. it's entertaining enough. Then Alien Resurrection. There's some weird. Th- oh, now we're doing Predator the and Alien
0: Resurrection. What?
1: No, no, I'm doing all the Aliens and the Predator movie oh. rank, all thirteen. Oh, okay. Then you get Alien Resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is the movies now I'm starting to like. Really, really weird. Like like the set design, but the body horror gets a little too much at times. Too many holes in people, drippy Just holes. Like, like in a in a kind of like un way that doesn't work with the rest of the film then you get alien covenant not a pr- not a very good movie at all but it has moments that work and you know kind of maybe works a little more consistently in the vs. resurrection then you get prometheus it's fine it's pretty okay mm-hmm. now we get into the ones i like alien 3 really like alien 3
0: F- sight and sound <laughs> the,
1: okay. the, the factory cut yep. or the assembly cut sorry <laughs> they get predator 2 like Predator 2 quite a bit. It's fun. It's dumb. It's goofy. It, it gets a lot of shit. It has like the worst, like the second worst rating of the Predator films, which is insane to me. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, this movie's sense. pretty bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's like, it's so of its time of like 1990s. Right.
0: 1990,
1: I should say. They get Aliens. Fuck you, James Cameron. Your movie's fine, but it's not great. Yeah. Everyone's like, Aliens is almost as good as Alien. No, it's fucking not. It's got good moments, but like, come on. Now, then they get Predators. Really like Predators. Robert mm-hmm. Rodriguez doing his shit there. Um, that movie kind of moves at a great pace. Then Predator. Yep. Predator's next. It's mm-hmm. my three. Mm-hmm. Which means my two. Is alien? My, my, my one is alien. Oh, okay. But my number two is, is prey. Because I fucking. And f- fuck yourself with you're like. Everyone's always talks about, like, the Predator, the first one's great because it makes fun of, like, toxic masculinity and whatnot and the masculine action yeah. And it's like, yeah, it, sure, it does. It does in a way. Like, it's a satire of that. It's still fucking, like, an 80s action movie that ends up, like, yeah, of course Arnold Schwarzenegger uses his while in the end. But, like, he sucks in that movie. That movie's good and, and great action. But, like, come on. it's It's not amazing and it's so dated. Yeah. I rewatched it cuz I was like, you know, maybe maybe I should put Predator mm-hmm. the first. But no, this movie's significantly better. Um I like
0: it better. I mean, I'm not a big action guy, so I, you needed see, a little, you I need a little I need a little more
1: something. And you, yeah, you could see shit you have you have an actual likable main character. Arnold Schwarzenegger, I can't remember the fucking guy's name. Uh is he Duke in the first Predator? I don't um, even remember. I think he's I
0: think he's Duke. They let Bill Duke be in the movie, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger is Duke. Dutch, sorry, he's Dutch. Dutch Dutch in the
1: original. Um, yeah, he's, he's not he's not he's not selling it for me in in that film as much as Amber Mid Thunder is because like you were rooting for her from the very first moment. Um, she has Surrey the dog, who's mm-hmm. who's great in it, and like yeah. an actual becomes a character. Like, oh God, I hope that. I mean, watching it, I was like, that dog's not gonna die. Like that dog might get hurt, which it does, but like that dog's not gonna die.
0: Um, yeah, I thought the one if the move—it's not a flaw—but I thought one of the interesting things that the dog was not like. So the dog was involved, but I when I saw the dog, I assumed it would be more involved. I mean, there's or die. There's a predator. That dog's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, know, I'm yeah. I'm staying out of this It'd one. It'd be funny if at the end when she calls for it, like to do that final move of the dog, which is like shakes its head like. No, sh- or it would have been, cr- been great
1: if like when the mask dropped, the dog got the mask and then was the one that shoot the laser. That would be
0: fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> but um, no, I just, I just remember texting a friend during this going like, this movie's fucking incredible because it is in the vein of, I'm um, going with Gareth Evans and actually Ale- Alex Garland, who basically directed the second <clears> film on this, um, in the vein of The Raid and Dread. Like I love those, I love this new breed of action film where it's like very clear, obviously shown action, but moves at a breakneck pace without stupid fucking dumb exposition cluttering it. Mm -hmm. Like John fucking Wick. Fuck your John Wicks. Those movies are fine. But I also like, like, there's so much dumb world building in that and this movie's just like no world building. This woman wants to be a hunter. They're like, no. And they're like, here's a fucking predator. And she's like, well, I can't out fight it but
0: I can outsmart it. Yeah. Um, And uh, to your point about the John Wick stuff, there's no tricks here. Like some of the stuff I I go back, the scene I go back to all the time is the second to last fight scene with the brother, or the, the fight scene with the brother when the brother dies, where before the brother shows up when it's just her kind of clearing out this French encampment, like to get her dog back yeah and it's full daylight and everything looks crisp clean fast and most importantly real yeah that's the same and thing. and it's I mean. it's like so well choreographed and so well shot that you don't ever if there are like you know cgi stuff happening in there you don't ever notice it yeah
1: and there's like there's definitely i, I agree the same way with like kind of When the Predator goes to town, the French Trappers, like there's clearly CGI blood and CGI death in that, but it's so cleanly shot and you could see everything. And like when there's kills, like this, it doesn't like cut to it, it just kind of stays static on Mm -hmm. it until like the
0: moment of
1: thrust is done.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's, (laughs) in it, and it feels um, of a piece. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like there's, it doesn't feel like one of those like it's 90s action movies where there's like a bunch of people like, standing around waiting for the Predator to do something and then like one person goes and fights it's the, the predator, predator and then he rips it in half. People, yeah. Right, and so they're just, it's foggy and they're, they're trying to do some stuff and then the Predator is actively engaging in like... Because the people are kind of lost. Yes, absolutely. They don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, um, and he's got all and, his tools. Yeah. And every time he uses a new tool, you're like, that's a good The shield decapitation. Yeah, that was
1: uh, awesome. Yeah, and that's the thing. Ooh. I think Trachtenberg with both this and 10 Cloverfield Lane... Which is crazy. He has two movies, like two random genre movies that are like extremely well reviewed now. Yeah.
0: Um, well, the new worry is that he's going to get Fantastic Four. Oh, really? That's that everyone's just like, please, God, don't let him get, don't. <laughs> don't let Marvel get their hooks into him and get him to do Fantastic Four. Like, let him make real movies. I don't know. He got burned with,
1: un- he was supposed to do Uncharted, and then like they kind of like wanted so much control, and he's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Sure. So I wouldn't be surprised if they gave Fantastic Four, and he's like, okay. And all of a sudden they're like, we want you to do this, and he's like, yeah, go fuck. And Scott yourself.
0: Derrickson was like, "Don't do it," and he's just like, "Oh, okay." Scott Derrickson, said, yeah, because it basically
1: happens it's like, it's like it with Uncharted. It seemed like they kind of like jostled him around, and he wanted control of it, which yeah. makes fucking sense. Like, let this guy, because that's the thing. This guy is so tightly crafted, yeah. like directs movies. Um, like, he's one of those people who you kind of feel like he sees the film playing out in his head, mm-hmm. and
0: that's way he's able to put the screen. Yep. Um, well, just the way, and not even that, but just like the sto- he sees the story. The callback to the, like the quicksand, the bog, um, the reason that she ends up in it in the first place is totally justified and, yeah. and real and organic. And then when, you, when you, it comes back at the end, you're like, yes, yeah, of every, course. Every, but you didn't know it was going to happen. But when it happens, you're just kind of like, that comes around and that feels full. His, his
1: movies kind of have like this, this kind of, they're very obvious in the sense of those payoffs. And they're very simple story beats, yeah. but they have the satisfaction of something like yes. a, like a like a like wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like these movies feel like rest like this and Ten Cloverfield Lane feel like wrestling to me because mm-hmm. they're very simple setups that they're going to very obvious payoffs. But the timing, like good wrestling, and the execution, the timing and execution of those payoffs, yeah, um, is what what works. Like yep. that's what keeps you know, wrestling fans like when those t- those storyline beats pay off at the right moment, mm-hmm. like the Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega thing. It doesn't mean anything <laughs> to you, but maybe one listener. Um, That pays off at the right second, like it—you know it's going to happen, but you don't care because it works. Yeah, and that's the thing about this is so satisfying. It's like dessert.
0: It is very satisfying. I even—I showed. my kids like the last fight scene with the Predator and I was like we're gonna watch a Predator because hey, it's movie. not
1: that gory it's not like
0: there's I mean it's green against blood. the Predator Yeah, like he cuts his own arm off and he gets stabbed and he tries to cut off I like the egg, but so, he doesn't I
1: like how he's so dumb too like that's what's kind of cool too
0: is they make him such like an ill-equipped well because young. he's the one yeah. he's the first one right probably I mean that's kind of or like young. what they're or, suggesting or archi- one the is that he's like ones? the first one they dropped off on earth
1: yeah that or they kind of like I got the idea maybe they dropped like they're like oh this is an easy hunting ground mm-hmm. Because they're like the, I forgot the, the their species is a weird name, but like mm-hmm. there's so much honor in it. Mm-hmm. Like you notice how he takes off some of his like equipment he can use. Yeah. And chooses equipment that's kind of of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the idea it's a younger one. Mm. And they kind of like, oh, this, you know, is a challenge. But like. We're not going to drop you into like the shit.
0: What's well, the question? Is that like everyone's asking? I guess is like, what's the if they do a sequel to this? Like, are they going to just stay in the past and like keep dropping predators into different like like pat like you know past conflicts? Predator versus Al Capone. I'd watch it. <laughs> this is pretty good. That would just be like Predator Two Two. That'd be cool though. I'd, I'd do that. A Predator the Bear crossover. <laughs> Who wins? Scoop John Stevens. (laughs) (laughs) R.E.M.
1: Pearl Jam, definitely. Yeah. Hey, um,
0: it's a great soundtrack to them there.
1: You know I'd like to see direct a a Predator movie?
0: Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. He would eat that shit up. And then he'd get Fantastic Four, too. (laughs) (laughs) And he'd be Reed Richards. It's it's coming. That'd be good. Yeah. Tormented? It feels more like... Wanted? Yeah. Something happened. My husband went upstairs to our balcony and let himself go.
1: You must wonder why you drove him to it.
0: Why well, I didn't drive him to it.
1: Might it be true, but if you had given him the chance to apologize, he'd still be alive.
0: What? A man followed me out of the woods. He was stalking me. What makes you say that? I saw him twice. Twice? I don't know if he saw you once.
1: Play a game. You hide, I'll see. You must feel an awful sense of guilt.
0: Stay away from me. Why are you doing this? What are you doing? What are you? All right, so in Men, um, we got Jesse Buckley back for more. You know, what what happens at Jesse Buckley now on a year in year out basis is You know, he has already good Alex he has Gar- Garland has a movie already done again. Oh really? Called Civil War. It's just Kristen Dunst. Sadness. <laughs> There's not even any context, it's just like here's Kristen <laughs> Kristen Dunst being sad. It's for Kristen two Dunst hours. and
1: uh Wagner Mora, the um guy that played Pablo Escobar in Narcos. Oh,
0: okay. Huh. Oh, we'll we'll see how that turns out. Um she plays Harper. He, uh, she is in a relationship with James, played by uh, Papa Esadu. Uh They get into uh, an altercation. She wants to divorce him. He doesn't want a divorce. He hits her. He says he's going to kill himself, and then he subsequently does jump off a roof. This is not a spoiler. They talk about this in all the press about this, is that he killed himself, and she watches him fall. And then afterwards, she goes to a country house to... Uh, Just get away from it all Do a little work and relax For a couple weeks Um, She is met at the house By Jeffrey, played by Rory Kinnear Who also plays a handful Of other characters in this movie Uh, He's weird, but he's also Just could be a weird guy Who likes his house too much and is a little too awkward Um,
1: Smiles with his teeth
0: Yeah um, He does Uh, As she's kind of Navigating the little town she's in, she sees this naked guy watching her. Has him arrested, we'll talk about some of this stuff. She goes to uh, finds herself at a church, finds a little boy who's calls her bitch. Also played by Rory Kinnear. Vicar, also played, all these guys are played by Rory Kinnear in various the makeup only, and the only, CGI The stuff. only
1: male not played by Rory Kinnear is Papa yeah. Um, Male, man.
0: And then things kind of start to pile up on her. Uh, there's some there's some montages in the middle here with some there's some folk folk horror things happening. There's a statue on one side. There's like a leaf man on the other side. There's like a woman that's like a, with a spread vagina. Um, there's a you know, and this is interposed with a. Uh, 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 a doe with a maggot's crawling in its eye and stuff like that. Sheila um, Nagi is what the vagina woman is called. Okay. Um, so there's an actual, there's an actual context for it. Um, the green man
1: also being the forest man.
0: We see some cutting of that naked guy who they had to release, uh, putting some leaves into his face. She goes into a bar and all the men in the bar, actually all the people in the bar are men and they're all played by Rory Kinnear and there's a police officer and there's a, uh, the bartender, and there's a weird guy with like a mullet in the corner. She goes back to her house as the dread is mounting, and and everyone's finding their way into the house, and she she cuts him, and then bisects his hand. And but that ends up being we find out a little bit later that it's kind of like the same injury that um, her, James had. That James had. So is it? There's an element like is it all in her mind and all this other stuff, um, and then. Spoiler alert, the ending happens, and the green man shows up, and he's pregnant, and he gives birth to the little kid, and then the little kid gives birth to the vicar, vicar, and then the vicar gives birth to Jeffrey, yeah. and then Jeffrey gives birth to James. And then in one of the great line readings in, you know... The last couple of years, Harper says, "What do you want from me?" And he says, "I want your love." And then she says, "Yeah." And then it cuts to her friend, played by Gail Rankin, who you know from Glow or or uh, her smell. If you like, pay close attention. <laughs> pay close attention. And can look away from what um, Elizabeth Moss is doing. Comes and we and see and Dan Stevens and Dan Stevens. Be, Dan Stevens actually would have been good in this movie. He just like walked through and was like, are you okay? And she's <laughs> like, I'm fine, Dan Stevens. Just trying to have a weekend. He's like, I'm on my way to the Godzilla vs. Kong <laughs> set 2 set if you need me. Um, she comes and it's daylight now. We see some blood in the hallway. And like lead, Or into the doorway, up the walk. No nope, placentas. And then we see... We see Harper just sitting on the steps, twirling a leaf,
1: and Riley, her friend, yeah. who she's talked to throughout the yep. film over phone as finds her, which um,
0: kind of like reveals that like some weird shits happened because she something sees the, happened. Riley sees the blood. Trail. Something happened, but Riley is also pregnant, which puts it. Which is another, I think, clever way of kind of saying like, is the pregnancy related to like. Her being pregnant, like there's like this kind of cycle, something, yeah, something. Well, there's definitely a cycle. (laughs) There's some kind of cycle. Um, We're gonna do something with the nope, uh, the nope review, but I'm not necessarily gonna do it here. I got really into this movie a lot. Kind of figured this that was gonna happen, and I have. A lot of thoughts, I I tried not to think about like what the, and I didn't read like a lot of, I've read like one or two reviews before I watch it because I, this year I've been trying to go in as cold as I can to some of these films, Um, and then afterwards I read a lot of reviews and I thought, what are the weird prevailing, or I read, I didn't read very many reviews, but I did look at like the Rotten Tomatoes thing and one of the things that was in all the little Rotten Tomatoes blurbs is like, oh he's got something to say about men and women, he's got something to say about men and women. And I think he kind of maybe does have something to say about women, men and women. But I also think he's using the idea of um, men and women and their relationships as this kind of loaded starting point to think about, like, humans. And there's definitely, like, a, I, have, I have so many thoughts about this. But I, I, really, I really got into it. I can't say, I'm not going to say definitively that, like, I loved it. And I'm not like 100% sure where it would like fall on my list if we're doing it, because I'm not sure like how much I enjoyed it. Even though there's parts of it that I think are fucking st- like stellar filmmaking. Alex Garland is is a really interesting filmmaker, and he's making a lot of movies that I really like. And if he keeps making it with Jesse Buckley, he's gonna win lots of points for me because she's good in everything, um, and she's always game for the weirdest fucking stuff that you want to put in front of her. She'll just kind of be like, "What the hell." is this and she'll act you know, appropriately and believable and all this other stuff, she sells everything. Um, but it's probably like the most engaged I've been like watching movies this year. And like, it's especially interesting to like, look back on our list. So like Mad God was, Mad God for me was like a, like a, a sensory just kind of like you know, fucking explosion. But I'm not even trying to figure out what anything in Mad God means. You know really? what I mean? You know, after after Yang was a... Phil, a very Phil Tappert isn't trying to figure out what's happening in Mad God. <laughs> no, he would very much like to just be rid of Mad God and, like, move on with his life. Um, after Yang is very obvious in what it's trying to do. The Batman is very obvious in what it's trying to do. Vortex is very obvious in what it's trying to do. Petit Maman is a little more complicated in, like, what its messaging is. And I think there's, like, a... There is like a a certain, there's no actual relationship, but there is in the way that I engage with those two films. I watch them like I'm reading something and I'm trying to puzzle out the details to get to like a message. And that's part of the experience of watching it for me. Um, But it was, it hasn't, it's not easy, necessarily easy to let go of. Um, it was one of those interesting movies that like everyone kind of talked about when I was reading reviews about maybe being like a COVID movie and that was why it's like a two-hander and like the Rory Kinnear stuff, you know, serves a symbolic purpose but also might've been just like a really handy way to not have that many people on set. Yeah. Um, whatever, I um, was, was moved intellectually by this, by this movie. And I, I feel like that's a cop-out, but I also feel like I don't really know what else to say about it.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, every single commentary on it seems to be like it's a statement about men, but that feels a little surface level. It feels pretty obvious that's what's happening here. And I just took it more as like a folklore tale. Like it's, it feels more like this woodlands green man mm-hmm. kind of found this woman who had suffered trauma. And through the sign of rebirth and a tying of folklore tale, did this thing to kind of get her past it. So you know, it and that's 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 kind of like works for me is the mm-hmm. sense of like this being, you know, a woman who's who's dealt with abuse, you know, sure. through through that the entire sequence um, with James and her ex husband. Where he's he's clearly abusive, um, both emotionally and physically. Uh, but I think it's it works better for me when I just see it as a movie about kind of like this rebirth through nature, this green yeah. man being a natural force. Um, you know, you get to that great entire sequence from the church. Like when she goes into the church alone, you get that kind of like rising score by Salisbury and Barrow, mm-hmm. um, how she looks at the green man and, um, Sheila, uh, gig or whatever. Um, I don't speak Gaelish or whatever the fuck language it's supposed to be. Um, crescendoing into, you know, uh, crescendoing into her, her discussion with, with the Vic Scream, yeah. and then eventually with the vicar and the little boy. Like, all yeah. that sequences work together. Um, you know, I kind of take it as that. I kind of take as this as like, uh, a woman experiencing trauma going into nature and being rebirthed See, by nature. And yeah. that, it's not saying much, but I just take it as, mm-hmm. as that sort of, like, contained yeah. tale. Um, and that way it, it works for me. I think the last act is too drawn out. Um, I think the, the signs of the, the moments of rebirth or um, the the chase kind of sequence that's happening um, throughout the house. That's it, too it, long. It's a little too long. Yeah. It could have been more tight. Um, and you could have cut out one birth because by the last birth, like, like, not the last birth, but the birth into Jeffrey, I think you go from, I think for me, like you, you, you just cut out one of those. I was kind of, like, laughing at it. Not because it was uncomfortable, Well but that's because kind of, it was yeah. just kind of like, this is, this, is, this is too much, there's too much fat here.
0: That's the interesting thing. It's, I, I think for all, like... I, I, this is, is funny, because the first two acts are so tight. And this is why we can't talk about movies in terms... This is why we have to be professionals, so mm-hmm. we can watch movies and then comment on them instantaneously without having to spend like four months like reading stuff or like thinking about stuff or hearing things is that like well, i read some of the stuff but they I just read too many people kept talking or... about how horrible the ending is it's like maybe the first time is surprising but when it happens four more times like the surprise really like wears off and it becomes a little less horrible and especially because she doesn't really react super I mean, differently it's, it's to funny. each it's successive funny. Jesse one Buckley, jesse buckley's response of just like Get, get over with. Like, what is... Like, what what the fuck is happening? But not yeah. in a way that's like, what the fuck is happening? It's like, it's like what? Why is this still... Ha- like? Right. Like, when she just kind of, like, walks off
1: board almost. Right, but
0: that's so... Here's... And this is where I land, is that, like, when I'm... When I think you're... If this movie is really trying to say something about men and women, I think it's less successful. I think the ending is a really interesting commentary on the idea that, like, misogyny begets misogyny type of thing. It's like this, like, this... This, like you said before, like this cycle of stuff like this never leaves us. It's there forever. Here's this folk person, you know, having a kid and then the kid has the thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, And leading up until like, you know, back into her relationship and, you know, what do you want from me? I want your love. And that's such a bullshit thing. And she's just kind of like, you know, resigned, maybe not to give it to him, but resigned to the fact that like, this is is what men want. They're incomplete without... I The reason that doesn't work for me is because it's, there's not a ton of that stuff in the movie except for when she's interacting directly with a male and they only are... And, and they're being... They have those moments of being really shitty to her. And those seem like directly related to her more so than they do to like all priests like are shit. And most priests I guess could be shit. Or like all guys and his who... Ted? <laughs> All guys who are caretakers of old English manners are garbage. And all, like, police officers are also garbage. And which is, again, most police officers could be garbage. I don't all, have no idea. All little boys are, are garbage. And all that's, little bar, boys are sure. garbage, yeah. What was more successful for me, and what I engaged with more, was some of the stuff that, like, he was doing in terms of subverting, I thought, some um, horror cliches, which I thought, which he turned back, I think, onto the viewer a little bit in a way that seemed very Alex Garland and related to, like, some of the stuff that he was doing in Annihilation. So the thing I kept thinking, I thought the the sequence that worked was most powerful for me was when she went on that walk. And the whole time, I'm like, shouldn't have gone on that walk. I'm like, don't go in that tunnel. You shouldn't go in that tunnel. And then, which is what you think when you're watching a horror movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's I made a whole horror genre About, like, the tropes and horror movies and what you should and shouldn't do. But then when she goes back. They made back, horror movies about tunnels. Sure. Then when she goes back to the like, house and she's play. talking. <laughs> she goes back to the, Or that in Seinfeld and they go to see Chunnel. Um, they got stuck in the Chunnel. Um, then when she goes back to the house and she's talking to her friend on the phone and the friend is like, maybe you should do this. And she's like, no. Why should I have to? Like, I'm in a. I want to have, like, my. Vacation and I'm just like, oh yeah, why can't she just go on a walk? I don't know anything about this person. I don't know where she is. Like, why can't she go on a walk? And that kind of calling out, like having a character call out like exactly what the viewer is thinking at any given moment. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I was kind of hoping that he would do more of that stuff, but he didn't. And so what he did is he's given us a lot of symbols and clearly a lot of metaphors to think about, and I have enjoyed thinking about them. But I'm not sure it leads me anywhere. Like, I, I don't think it leads me closer to like uh, a full feeling of of. I've enjoyed thinking about it more than I've enjoyed watching it. And the devil's advocate
1: argument of the walk would be like, yeah, a man could just go on a walk, but like a woman. By sure, absolutely experience that. And yeah, I, I think has yeah, I, I think in the sense of of that, like it's not truly successful. Um, In in the sense of it does feel very surface level in that way. But you do look at it as like maybe through the lens of one woman's trauma. Like maybe she's, you know, these experiences with these men because she's seeing them all the same. Mm -hmm. If if possibly through her lens, she's seeing them all as the same. And so she's maybe expounding upon what she's actually experiencing. Mm -hmm. Like maybe the vicar kind of made a weird kind of hand motion advance with her, but not anything of that sort. And you know, that could play out in terms of the trauma. Um, Yeah. I, I I just think, I think that those first two acts acts are really tight and, and work through that lens, like work through the lens of she's experienced seeing her husband kill himself, who was a fucking piece of shit anyhow, and clearly abused her for the year or so that they were married. Mm -hmm. Um, And so seeing it that way, it works. It's, it's just, it, it does kind of like, it feels like it does lose the plot in the last part. Um, and it's, and to me, that and I think that's the intention. The intention is to kind of get to a point where that sort of repeated trauma becomes Holdrum. Right. If if we're looking at it from a point of view of like this folk god
0: trying to like rebirth her. But I can also, like to that point, I also think that, and this is something that, uh, you know, I think relates to to Nope a little bit, is that the horror and trauma of the one experience outweighs the horror and trauma of the, you know, with, with James, outweighs for me the horror and trauma of the metaphors that come afterwards. Absolutely, like every thing. So I'm not, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's power is. Contained in these little pockets, but it's not sustained through the whole thing.
1: No, it's, that's that's told really clearly by, like, for me, through, like, the framing and the lighting of those two scenes in conjunction with one another. Yeah. Um, you got like, some reds, but very kind of, like, natural berry-esque reds mm-hmm. in the house. And a shit ton of green throughout all those sequences where she's kind of in the town. Yeah. But, like, there's a really fiery orange to when she's remembering. Yeah. Like kind of like that to the that point where the fire, rain that looks like That fire of lot, sunrise yeah. and that fire or fire of, of sunset and and like that heat to it to the to remembering of James. Mm-hmm. And that in itself, the way that that's lit. That's um, good. I like that. Yeah. Gold star. To me, kind of, yes. I can almost get a free frappuccino. <laughs> um, to me, works in the sense of, of creating like real horror because like that light doesn't, feel natural versus like the lighting with the stuff that's happening in town does it feels it does always feels like just kind of an English countryside but it's
0: interesting I mean the word you use that I love is like there's in that lighting there is heat and when we get to the end I mean the ending of that sea of the birthing sequence when she's sitting with James on the couch again is lit like their apartment yeah Um, and there is some heat there but it's interesting that there's none really, or the heat diminishes, like after like the Green Man shows up and you're like, whoa, like he is the Green Man now, and then like he just keeps giving birth and then like the heat diminishes and then like it's brought back like at the end because the real drama is between the tra- these two yeah. people. Exactly. The metaphors are just kind of like, that's cool. Yes,
1: the one, just one aside though of things I hate from the reviews of these movies, the movie, is um, everyone saying, like, there's a vulva in the stars.
0: What? Everyone, she's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Away.
1: That's just the fucking Milky Way man
0: in a line of stars. I mean, I think it does... I think there is, like, it's the suggestion that it's visit, vaginal, it, but,
1: like, but, like... Why? Like, like what's the... Re- like, I think Garland has enough of a control over his storytelling, for the most part, that, like, if he's going to do something that intentional... It's gonna have a purpose, and right? There would be zero purpose besides vagina in the stars to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know.
1: There's no like aspect of foreshadowing. There's nothing. Well, that's. Purposeful. I think that's
0: the, the movie seems more a little like an exercise to me. And again, it's an exercise that I've enjoyed picking apart. But like, I think the same thing can be said about like the deer's empty eye. And it's clearly a doe, and like has no eye. And we're going into it, and then we're pulling out of it. What's the what's the purpose? That she sees death. That women see death. That women are blinded by males. Like because there's the are deer. The of birth, there's the green man. The there's the shield in the, in the stomach, gig. There's yeah. the green man. Then there's the deer. Like where are what where, where, where are we here? Are women just like vessels for birth, sort of thing? Because like it coming. And out if you're, and you're out a vessel for birth, they vessel for death because there's this dead deer. Like I'm not sure what yeah, the messaging but stuff is stuff
1: like that doesn't matter to me i kind of watched it and go like oh i'm sure he's trying no. to say
0: something but i'm like but that's nah, i don't get it but if he's I don't necessarily if he care. was more successful doing that then the movie has like a real power to it but because he's not very successful at that the movie has like not a lot of power um, it's just uh, it's just curious yeah it's it's an odd curious thing with an odd curious ending that again, like the rest of the movie loses its power, the longer it goes on. I think he's a little better controlled. And you know, maybe this is
1: an act of, of having a a different director or more controlled director when he is a story and it's directed a little more overtly, Mm. like with something like sunshine, which I really like, Mm -hmm. um, like there's some messaging there about like this man versus God sort of thing, or man trying to become God you know, Garland's a pretty staunch atheist, so, like, it's even the point. Um, and Boyle kind of, like, boils that down, for lack of a better word, um, to very succinct kind of, like, story beats into, like, an action sequence. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's almost where it works better. With, yeah, with and I also
0: think where, like, he,
1: he needs, like, a second person to kind of, like, wrangle these ideas
0: in. Or he needs, in the case of Annihilation, he needs like a context yeah. to pull a message out from mm. and then he can... Jeff Vanderbilt ex- or Vander- uh, Vandermeer. Um But that's the thing. And so he, I think, Vanderbilt was pretty clear that brothers. like uh, Annihilation as a story, the Southern Reach trilogy is about kind of like the, the shit that we've... The corruption of nature by man and the continued corruption of nature by man and all this other stuff. And he takes that message and he's like, you know what would be a good way to show this is have like one person fight a corrupted version of themselves. Yeah. Like, and to show that kind of like, to have like the personal ownership of like whatever is at stake in this like Area X shit. And Ex Machina is kind of like telling a
1: cautionary-ish tale that's been sort of a story throughout the past
0: 30 some
1: years of AI. Yeah, Oscar
0: Isaac will fuck you. And then your, your internet habits will come back to haunt you. So stay off the internet. That's what you meant to say, right? Exactly, yeah. Because <laughs> um, your boss is watching you. But it, no, it, it, tells,
1: it tells definitely a tale of, of that, that's kind of already the groundwork was laid. And I think men's yeah. kind of Alex Garland completely
0: unrestrained to do Alex Garland stuff. Mm. That all said, Jesse Buckley's fucking awesome. She's awesome in everything, but again, yeah. I think she's. It's one of those things where I think towards the end of the movie they give her less to do, and the movie seems emptier without her, like, like in really engaging, like, in a real way with what's happening. But I mean, I think if you
1: rewatch this movie, though, I will say this made me realize. And I'll let you finish before I. say yeah, this, yeah. Made me realize I want to see her in something, but, but finish your thought.
0: Oh, I was just wanted to say like her last line reading of "yeah" is like perfect. Yeah. And that's not even the line. But she nails it. I wanna see her be the villain in Paddington
1: three. <laughs> I want to see her and Sally like clean cut Sally Hawkins with Paddington.
0: Playing What if the they made Paddington the new James Bond? Oh man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wouldn't kill anybody though.
1: Cause like he'd just make everyone turn turn good or like they'd go to jail. Like there, were, the, who would who would want to do a villain plot against Paddington? That's that's why it's such a good choice. Like it's like I'm gonna take over to the world. I'm gonna take over the world, and Paddington would get the Paddington stare, and the villain would go like, oh, "I can't do that." <laughs> then they'd share marmalade. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Paddington Three's gonna be hopefully be good. good. Be hopefully good. good. All right. Um, have, we, have I ever told you I like Paddington Two? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, you're a big yeah. fan of Paddington Two. Have you seen Paddington Two yet? Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <sighs> do an episode My heart is my heart do is an episode cold. on Paddington, Paddington. There's that great
0: there's a Twitter feed that like someone like puts Paddington in a, like a picture every day until they forget into a movie. And so they're just like all these pictures of Paddington in like various movies pretty good. There's that one I enjoy, and then the guy that like puts Velociraptor heads on people in movies. Imagine if Halloween ends. Like that Michael Myers is about. So stupid. It does.
1: Imagine if that movie ends, though, with Michael Myers probably to kill, like, Laurie, and all of a sudden, Paddington's, like, gives him the Paddington stuff. Oh, I was going to th- say And Michael Myers just apologizes.
0: And is Michael Myers underneath? No, it's, uh, one of the Property Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a guy from, like, that Magnolia Homes guy. This is, like, never mind. Oh, Magnolia Homes, or? I don't know what their name is. Fixer Upper? Ah. We're down
1: We're up. losing a plot. I don't know how we get from well, mixer The, upper. the way, the way oh, we do oh, this, right? Oh, so, talking about men, this is the third film from an auteur director. Yep. Oh, yeah. The next here's... film is the third film from auteur director. And that is Jordan Peele's Nope. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great great grandfather. Great. There's another great. Grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say, since the moment pitches could move, yeah, skin in the game.
0: All right, so in Nope we got an opens. Let's talk about the opening. We got Keith David on a horse, and he's talking to his son O.J. played by Daniel Kaluuya, talking about horses. Then all of a sudden, a bunch of shit falls from the sky, keys and chains and shit that we you know we see a little bit, and a nickel. A quarter or nickel? It was it's a, a nickel,
1: nickel, right? It cuts the iron somehow. Cuts the, the Wikipedia says quarter.
0: It's not. Oh, it's, it's a nickel. It's they show it. A yeah, lot I know. Of times. I know. I
1: said. I, I was like. It. I saw you last night. It's. A, it's a
0: nickel. Yeah. Um, These motherfuckers don't know Washington. Keep David's face open. and Dies. Six months later, Daniel Kaluuya is finds himself the proprietor of Hayward's Hollywood Horses, which is uh, the only African American owned horse wranglers in Hollywood. Uh, but they need some money and he's got a sister named M who is not really helping run the business she's after herself but she's got a lot of charisma and so he's been selling his horses to uh what's Stephen Young's character's name? Ju- uh, da, yeah. Jupe Jupe um who used to be a child star on uh Gordy Gordy the television show starring an ape and he's turned Chimpanzee, yeah. his Chimpanzee. he's turned his uh, yeah. Sorry to the, sorry to the chimpanzee. Well, for
1: somebody who, hasn't, <laughs> somebody who not like seen that, like might think like a oh, gorilla. Yeah, it's a
0: gorilla. <laughs> they do the gorilla. Let's show it. The um, gorilla. Um, he has up. subsequently turned his uh, child stardom into like I guess or like a reality show with his wife and family, which he has then turned into like this theme park experience. It's like a western it's like, thing. It's like, it's, like, it's like the Ponderosa Ranch, yeah, in, in which is like in the middle of nowhere, and and. And and OJ is selling them these horses because they need this money, okay? Um, but they're out one night, and one of their horses' ghosts gets out, and they're looking for the horse, and they see this fucking shit in the sky. And it's, it's I'm not even gonna say spoiler because it's part of all the stuff. It's some kind of alien creature, and they figure out that if they get a picture of this creature, that they're gonna make a lot of money. So they set about to uh putting a surveillance system on the house so they can get some pictures. Uh they employ uh or they uh are helped in this endeavor by Angel, who was played by Brandon Perea. And uh Rise does not exist anymore, by the way. It doesn't exist anymore.
1: Fries no. were man. You ever gone to a fries? No. Those are fun. They're, they're all themed.
0: It's the West Coast, right? It's like a yeah. West Coast thing. But all of them had like themes. Like oh, really? one of them
1: was like a like a, a volcano. One of them was like a Hollywood thing. One, mm. one of them was like under the sea. And they're too. just Best Buys, right? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, like Circuit City. But like cool Best Buys. Uh, their their attempts at capturing this thing with this surveillance stuff fails in the process of you know uh, they're about to shoot a commercial and they meet this acclaimed cinematographer Antlers Hol- Holst, which is a great name. Uh, played terrifically by Michael Wincott, and they engage him to help them do this, to capture the impossible. Meanwhile, we find out that Jupe has been uh, also seeing the aliens, and he thinks he's been communicating with them for six months, and so he's put a show together where he's going to introduce people to the aliens, and then the aliens, spoiler alert, suck them all up, and then he spits some shit all over the Haywoods' the house, which is an awesome sequence, and then, the rest of the movie from there is um, the Haywoods trying to capture this picture. They're not necessarily. We could talk about like some like the the, nuance. What's the final act of Jaws. We'll talk about the yeah. We'll talk about the, like there's some nuance in terms of like some character stuff inside of this. Um, but they try to get this picture, and they and and you know, Antlers has this idea. He's going to go go on this hill. He's going to get this money shot. He's going to you know with the light and all this other stuff. They do that. Set this whole thing up with these. Those guys that go like with well, their arms the wacky are crazy and um, arm men, and which is a sign of like when the alien. Yeah, about. and then it's the like, alien turns into a Final Fantasy boss at the end, um, and then was he trying to do an Eldric horror? I don't know. It really, really reminded. Cool. It really reminded me of like a Square Soft RPG. I know what it, boss. I know. Actually, you know what it, I
1: think it was because she does the slide. It's supposed to be an anime. Oh, you think so? I think yeah. I oh, with the
0: motorcycle, yeah. Yeah, she does because she does the Akira she doesn't Akira slide, yeah, which is fine. And we can talk about like some of those things. Um agreed that I would do the summary, and then we would say what we kind of thought this movie was about before we kind of we say what we thought about the movie. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay, I you think go it's, first.
1: The entire idea there's there's a twofold thing for me going in here. First is like the idea of thinking you could control nature and mm-hmm. you could control things and that always being out of your control uh, kind of compounded upon the fact of like the you know the entire um, what was the the Nahum line in the beginning which says like like where later on God says like I'll make a you know make a spectacle yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that chase of the spectacle yeah and the entire idea that people can like go into the entertainment world thinking they can control their path and their narrative, and they kind Mm -hmm. of get chewed up and then eventually spit out Mm -hmm. in the chase of the the spectacle, whether or not they're an actor or a creator or a cinematographer or a viewer. They kind of, like, when they get consumed by that world... um, There's a very loaded word in this movie. (laughs) You know, they get consumed by the world, thinking they can, like, control that idolation over or control, that idolation over the pursuit of success. Mm-hmm. And that just spits them out. Cause it's like this, a globular thing that is all consuming. Mm-hmm. Very literally.
0: Um, yeah, I think I, I got that. I have that too. I have the other thing I was thinking of a lot was the idea of like immortality and not necessarily like the living for everything, but like the idea of, um, immortalizing the self and and like what that what that means and and like with the film thing and like the idea of legacy and and stuff like that um you know with this the the whole thing with the hayward's horses being uh their descendants of the jockey on the first ever like you know film um plate 626 the idea of Stephen young having or his character having this like hidden like gallery of memorabilia from the Gordy show from like the accident, the idea that he's talking about it when he's telling them when they're kind of reminiscing about the Gordy situation, he's instead of telling him like what actually happened, he's telling them about a sketch on Saturday Night Live um, that actually happened. Um, So there's a lot of, you know, trying to capture stuff They're They're trying to capture this, this thing the whole time they talk about the Oprah shot, so it's like just kind of like the shot that everyone's gonna talk about that everyone's gonna remember. There's the idea too, because at one point there's like a TMZ, like cameraman that comes to like film them after the after the incident at Steven Young's thing. What's up with his helmet? I don't. So I think that was an, another I, think anime, about I was like, is that another enemy? I wasn't thing? sure if it was an enemy thing or if it was just kind of like a um, like a not a MacGuffin, but like a red herring. Like, because there's all that mirror stuff with oh, the ball, yeah. that if Jordan Peele was just kind of like, oh, maybe he knows something, but he's just a douchebag. Um,
1: or it has, like, a spaceman look to it. Maybe.
0: Sort of yeah, who but, knows? but, again, so, but like, so the, it goes, like, from this long legacy, um, you know, the Hollywood royalty thing, to the temporariness of TMZ, like, that kind of, um, like, dichotomy there, and ultimately she takes the picture with, like, a taurus trap camera um but the second part of this exercise, Mario, is to ask and for us to both say like what we thought of this movie after we've discussed what it, we think it's about. did you like it? no, it's fine I kind of agree I'm it actually disappointed me yeah it's bad I think it's kind of bad um it's
1: so there's like moments that really work in this I think the last act is. Fun as fuck and fast and um, it, it like I said, it's kind of like that last act of Jaws where like they're they're on the ocean sort of thing. That's what it felt like, mm-hmm. and I think everything from that um, part where kind of um, antlers kind of like makes up the plan to film it and get sucked up um, to like the ending, like all that works. And the middle Gordy fucking scene is the best part of the movie mm-hmm. easily. By, yeah. Like, a mo- it like that scene almost shouldn't exist because like I watched that scene watching that scene. I'm like, wow, this is good. Like this is actually really solid. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that comes close is like the woman's kind of experience being sucked in the jean jacket. But like the rest of it's so slow and just a lot of chatter from Kiki Palmer who fucking stinks in this. I'm- I don't like her at all. Like she's just her voice is getting hoarse constantly. Like constantly in this film, from how much she's screaming, like out her lines, and how much, how rapidly she's speaking. And Daniel Kalua just looks
0: fucking bored. I, and so that's a, so Mario, and you're. Good job, you're, Brandon Pereira. You're trying. You're saying, it, yeah, and Michael Wincott, too, who delivers, like, the most menacing but simultaneously funny, I mean, he's doing people eater. He's but doing his also, best Shaw. You know? Yeah, he's doing, but he's also doing Michael Wincott stuff, yeah. which, like, if he's in a movie. I just expect that that's what he's gonna. If this is Jordan Peele movie, I expect him to do something like that. My problem with my problem with Keke Palmer, and Daniel Coolidge—I don't even think it has anything to do with their performances. I think their characters are pretty empty. And like, I get the idea that like he wants to. I think this is a problem. And I just listened to a podcast about this movie, like, because I was thinking about it. And this is like the same thing. I'm not having as much fun thinking about this movie as I did with with, with but it's, men, I guess. Only because... You you agree it's his worst movie, right? I th- yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah by, like, a long, long shot. shot, yeah. Because at least Us until the end, like, was, like, an action movie almost. And it's, but it's also committed
1: to its premise right. at the end. Right, and it was... It's full throttle. Sure.
0: But I'm, and it's that dumb, premise but is stupid, can, but, it,
1: stupid, but... It's stupid, but right. it commits itself.
0: Um, but before that, it's this kind of thrilling, scary, unnerving, like... You don't even know, you know what I mean? And it has humor in it still. Like this movie isn't funny, no. Which is odd for like a Jordan Peele movie to have like. And also, I could see where he thought the jokes were, but they weren't. They didn't. Um, I didn't find any of them amusing. Also, like, this was like the most
1: dumb movie to decide to make an R rating. Like every time a character is like fuck, fuck, fuck or whatever in this, I'm like, just take it out. Yeah. Take out the fucks. Take out some of the blood. You have a – and fucking cut down 20 minutes from this and you have a solid kind of like UFO th- like thriller summer – because he said he said like himself like he wanted to make a spectacle. Yeah. Like his plan was to make – and it works at times when it's not like Jordan Peele trying to like do Jordan Peele shit. Like I don't want this movie to say anything. I want this movie about an alien. Yeah. And this movie just works when it's about an alien eating people that look at it and – People are trying to like but they're also trying to get a picture of it, sure that works, but like then like people's thoughts of like being able to control this wild creature, like all that works. I think that I think that works, but well it works but it's, but it's just, also like why? But like yeah, I mean I I don't know. It it's fine because like it has it kinda of, it allows these people to put themselves in dumb situations. I think
0: you mean M and OJ.
1: Like M and OJ and Jupe and all that. Yeah, put themselves yeah. in obviously dangerous positions that like a natural person would. Like we talked about, you know, with bodies, 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 like why are they here? Mm. Well, as long as you give me an inline as to like why they're doing these things and yeah. sell it, like I'll buy it. And like I was fine with that. Right. In no. terms of like him thinking he yep. had the control of a creature and, you know, OJ and M kind of thinking like they had control of the anim- of the horses and whatnot. Like yeah. you know, that's, that's a fine through line to make me follow this. But then there's just like there's so much scenes where they're just fucking talking or reminiscing or, or just doing nothing. Right. And well, I'm just like, I just want to watch a fucking flying saucer eat people.
0: And that's why I think the, I think the idea, I think the horse thing is less successful than the jupe stuff because the horses don't ever do anything. The horses don't betray anybody. Yeah, the horses unsettled. just function. And they get unsettled once. The Jupe thing is really fascinating, and that's why I think he's like a more compelling... He, he's the most interestingly, interestingly written character because there's a whole backstory where he watches these people get killed, and then the monkey comes down and gives him a fist bump. And then they shoot the monkey in the head. But then... Do you like that, secret, that scene? It's fantastic. Yeah. And then when they cut... and then when So that's like in the middle of the movie, and it's like a flashback. You see, and he's you see having, a bit of it in the beginning. And he's when they show Stephen Jupe's face right there he's got this kind of like like smile on it like this kind of self-satisfied like he did something which informs his belief that he's got some kind of connection to this fucking creature yeah which I has guess, been hovering over his land yeah. and eating horses yeah. for 6 months which is which is super fascinating the idea that like because they're like controlling horses they feel like they understand, like this thing, like don't look a horse in the eye, but also, so don't look this thing in the eye. Don't look at it its butthole. Right, don't look at this butthole because it's going to shoot everything out on you. It um, does look like a jet, which is awesome. I mean, that sequence was—it it that was awesome. It looked awesome. There's some really cool the, the, the point of Shot, the on shot point of Hoytema shots in this.
1: Yeah, the shot where, like, and the sound design in this is exceptional, too. Yeah. Like, the, we're, I mean, it's not shot great, but like, we're, it's flying over OJ while he's at, um, what was it, Jupiter, Jupiter's Claim. Mm-hmm. And you hear the screams. Oh, I love this. Yeah, that's fantastic. Back. Like, all that is great. Yeah. But and it's that's, just, just, that's, what, that's what's bad. About, that's what sucks about this. It's like, there's a really horrific. But still family friendly, and I say that because this movie should have been a fucking PG thirteen,
0: an old you, school '80s PG thirteen movie that's 70s, like a little
1: '80s, dark, '90s, dark, but
0: like not yeah. ex, not explicit enough to like really warrant an R rating. Yeah,
1: like like you could have put that PG thirteen, you could have had those people get sucked up and see a half like dissolved horse, and you could still probably had a little bit of the blood and raining do the down, screaming and and the screaming, the screams, yeah. and all that, and that's gonna scare the fucking shit out of the little kids. Like, this, is good. this would have been a movie that little kids would have, like, remembered for their life. Yeah. But then Jordan Peele was like, no, I need to, like, all my last two I want to say
0: have some stuff. I've
1: said something, and also, like, this needs to have an R rating. But that's
0: the beauty of Get Out, is that, like, it does say something, but the, what it says is he didn't start with a message first. He started with just this premise of a black guy going to visit his white girlfriend's family. That's the premise. And then on top of that, he developed, it seems like he developed, like, a story and themes and images and the, themes, and, the and themes and like The themes naturally that. fit the story. Right. I'm not, this, the, everything here seems jammed the fuck into it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I've just about had it with, he's got one, I think he's got one more shot to kind of, to me, to like unconditionally be excited for his movie before he's Taylor Sheridan himself. May maybe a little bit because Taylor uh, Sheridan's crossed the threshold. If only because the Akira, if that's an Akira bike slide, which it, it looks exactly like it that, it doesn't mean it. the Akira. fuck anything. It means cool. nothing. So who cares? Like, why are you doing it just to be like, look at the Akira slide? who who gives a shit? That's like everybody in like the film community just like like beating each other themselves? off over uh. yeah, over the <laughs> Chud video cassette. It's like guys get a fucking life. Who gives a shit about the Chud? If the Chud video cassette wasn't ever in that movie, the first five-eighths of that movie is still fantastic. Right in the beginning of the movie when he's watching like the Hands Across America thing with like the the like give oh, the world a Coke yeah, yeah. thing. There's like piles of video cassettes and people are just wetting themselves over oh, the videos these, uh, are there. Right. It's just like, dude, but if it doesn't also, mean anything, who
1: cares? Also, like, you know, Charlie Kaufman did that shit better. <laughs> yeah. In, um, I'm thinking of ending things. Like, the wall of shit in that movie. Because I had a narrative... It, it, it had a narrative is, focus, yeah. It's yeah. not like it... Yeah, he's so focused on Easter eggs and shit that, like, he's he's trying to be one of these cool directors. And, like, don't be a cool director. Just be a storyteller. Just be... Because he's a good storyteller. He is a cool director. Get Out, to me, is, like, still the best made film of the past decades. Uh, You know, like... But
0: I would love him to do, like... I would love him... And, again, I'm not not saying I need him to be Boots Riley. But, like, Sorry to Bother You was exciting. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't need him to be Spike Lee, but like, *The Five Bloods* was thrilling and like took some fucking chances. You know what I mean? It like, in it had a message, but like, or like Claire Denis, who's or, like, or exactly like who's when white material
1: is doing something exciting,
0: or even like something like *High Life* that's doing something a little more um, esoteric, but feels really strong, um, and has like a big has. Big emotions attached to really interesting but, like, simple visuals. I mean, so, yeah, look at the Celine Cinema. Like,
1: Portrait of a Lady on Fire is her breakout, and she immediately follows it with this really minor story about, like, her grandmother.
0: And I'm going to have a perfectly calibrated conversation between two kids and a grown-up, and I'm going to put some things in the background that are not references to other things in the culture. they my life. But narrative. They're, They're actually her, like... They're Celine Cinema's stuff, right? But um, so I'm yeah. saying it's not. It's related to me. the culture. It's related to the story. The, the story. It's, it's,
1: and that's the thing about this is like there's not there's so much that's unrelated to the story, and that's why like the I think this movie like I do like the last actor in the way it's shot and the way the energy of it moves, um, in terms of just being thrilling. But once Jupe is out of the film, I'm
0: like. Once Jupiter's in the film, of, the emotional residence is kind of gone. Yeah, right? the, only, the only thing that's that's kind
1: of there is like, I think Brandon Premier is doing, is working his ass off well, in this. And so I like tie myself in the angel, but clearly, like, Jordan, like, I. I figure this script didn't give a shit about that character and he's just there. Right. Um, but I also but like he's acting his ass off to where like he
0: becomes a person I care about. I think Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya also might be acting his ass off. I'm just not is 100% he? sure what he's doing. Uh, because uh, I don't think it's rooted in any kind of emotional narrative. I almost feel like
1: his character is just like – his character is the one who's like, okay, I kind of get that you can't control these things and you got to do this.
0: Thing. Well, so here's, oh, different, here's a, like the different yeah, – He's like I'll the only human. Yeah, I'll say something different.
1: Who doesn't necessarily super care about the – Getting the shot, but only does because people around.
0: I'll him. combine the two. I'll, I'll I'll compare and contrast the two movies we just saw. When I'm thinking about men, I'm thinking about what these things all put together mean. But I understand what the I understand what the emotional context is for um, Harper to, that, it, and that Harper exists in, and
1: everything is in service of them. right.
0: And when I'm watching Daniel Kaluuya in. It's an actor that I am like addicted to. I'm not. I'm wondering if it's if what he's doing is good and working because I'm not sure what he's doing because what he's doing isn't necess- uh, from what he's doing from a moment to moment basis isn't necessarily rooted in any kind of emotional context that came before it. So I'm not sure how his reaction to when he's sitting in the truck, just kind of like like looking at the sky. I'm not sure how that relates to his dad dying. Yeah, and I think it should. It should be building. There should be some kind of emotionality that's turning into something. There and should have been more of a, a sell of the fact of like
1: saving something, the business to save his father's right. legacy. But there's kind of like you know, once his dad dies, and like a little afterwards, you're kind of, it's kind of forgotten. There's for also
0: the right, and it's in I think that's to its detriment because they it doesn't. The emotion, the emotion in the movie is not sustained. And then it just becomes about creating spectacle. And maybe he really what he wanted was some kind of like meta thing where people ask all these questions and they land on he wanted the spectacle and then we're all like, whoa, and he made a spectacle. But like, I didn't feel that spectacle was like all that spectacular, although I thought the alien effects were pretty good. And I thought the Final Fantasy VII boss that he made... Um, was like, cool. Yeah, and a little bit without, like, a little bit without precedent in like live action film. And the
1: actor that played Gordy is also the actor that plays the body, the mocap movements of Groot.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That, I, yeah. That sequence is. Imagine br- if Groot had been the villain in this. That sequence is brutal, and uh, yeah. Like that's a, I want to watch. I want to see that movie. Yeah, like, right, I thought it was. The and, and of that's that. the thing, and he's so good. He's such a good director. The idea that like you're gonna show. The longest take of that we get is, is like, through this camera lens and then, like, this kind of tracking shot, like, through the backstage area and, like, in, on to the, like onto the set and then ending, like, under the table and stuff like that. Like, that stuff, that stuff works out. You felt that stuff.
1: I can tell. Did he kill... Did, they, did the chip? Is he kill audience members or other...
0: I think they all escaped. I think yeah, they it was, seemed to be focused on... There was, like on... stuff that was, like, oh, scurried and I was like... Did...
1: Like somebody said, like, oh, he killed audience. Like, I don't think so. I don't think he did.
0: I think he just killed. Dad, it
1: doesn't matter. I just think he kills the two people, the mom and the dad, and then beats the shit out of the sister. Right.
0: Um, which is horrifying. But again, to that point, I'm it's not sure that's why the it's sisters like, back. It would have been cool if we got the thing. If you're telling the Stephen Young story, you get to you maybe get her story too, and then you can draw some emotional context out of that. <laughs> so she as well, just gets dissolved. Yeah. Um, it's not even the most horrific dissolving
1: sequence in a movie anyway. The blob beats it. The 88 blob. The George Clooney blob? Is George he in it? No, Shawnee Smith and uh, Matt Dillon. Oh,
0: okay.
1: He's in a blob, movie. though. No, he's not.
0: George Clooney's in he's a blob. He's in Attack
1: of the Killer Tomatoes, oh, right. stupid son Who's of a bitch. Who's in the blob?
0: Is Jennifer Aniston in the blob? Or is she also Attack no, in Attack of the No, she's in Leprechaun. Right. It's Shawnee Smith. Damn it. And Matt Dillon. Yeah, but those people make sense in the blob. Matt Dillon kind of... Matt Dillon makes sense in everything.
1: No, I just, it's, it's it's just, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. And, like, I think you said disappointing, and I just said kind of bad. In the sense of, like, there's such tight control in moments, but it's hamstrung by, like, trying to do stuff. And I I just don't need it to do stuff.
0: And I'll, like, admit, I went into this movie, like, ready to have a good time. Like, I actually, I never do this, Mario.
1: I get popcorn I'm a, a soda. lot now. I, I got popcorn for Crime of the Future. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that guy was snoring. Yeah, I
0: was. ready. I was just ready for like to have my ass kicked by Jordan Peele. I went in because kind I was expecting that. like a
1: fun summer movie. Yeah.
0: that wasn't doing a lot. Like that was like
1: that wasn't trying to say stuff. I thought it was just going to be like an alien. It's killing or kidnapping people right. or whatever.
0: And the fact that every article I read and every podcast I listen to is literally just a bunch of people trying to extrapolate like, what he was talking about and then saying, care. essentially, it must be good because I have to ask these questions. It's like, no, it feels so heavy.
1: I and, like, it I don't heavy, even it know why feels...
0: it's feel... – No, but like in an unwieldy – like I can't oh, carry yeah. this way. No, it's, to it's me – It's just
1: weird. Do you know why it doesn't work? Because to me, first and foremost, a movie has to be energy.
0: Yeah, and, and even I think the he heaviest he made one, and he it was and that's, not. That's
1: the issue. Like, like the movies that are thematically—I mean, except for the movies that are like "Come and See" or whatnot, movies that are super successful at saying something, or you know, some of the Lars von Trier's. Even like Lars von Trier's stuff is weirdly entertaining. Yeah, um, but you know, s- things that are like socially prescient, like mm. like "Come and See," um, or you know, something like year um, Bashir. Uh, where there their statement films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dear Zachary. I mean, mm. that's, documentaries kind of fall on a different level. First and foremost, though, if, if you're not doing that social, political prescience or kind of aspect, you have to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Get out for all the social commentaries, entertaining as shit. Us, for all its silliness, still entertaining. This it has moments of entertainment, but then... Mo- it's 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 cluttered. Yeah, with a bunch of garbage, and, it's weird. and that's why, like I say, like like men, which is trying to say stuff as well, works a lot because it's really entertaining and concise and tight in its first two acts, and then kind of falls apart in the last act because then it gets a bit cluttered. But by it also, its own men, kind of like messaging,
0: men clearly starts with the idea that like you're going to learn something, or I have something to say about an idea. Because that's like just the kind of movie. It is. I think this movie does too. I think this movie starts with the intention of
1: having something to say with the idea, of like having that quick shot, of the Gordy thing, mm-hmm. with having like the Bible verse, which I he did in Us. I don't. Know, he doesn't do that in Get Out, right? He doesn't start with a Bible I don't think verse in so. Get Out. I um, could be wrong, but <laughs> it's a different it's, kind it's of also, it's, also, yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's just it's it's a movie that doesn't really have a ton to say, and also then. When it is trying to say something, it does so at the expense of entertainment. Yeah. And that's why I don't like this movie because it's not
0: overall worth my two hours. I, I, yeah, it was one of those things. I definitely wouldn't have walked out, but there was definitely a moment where I was, because it wasn't like, it's not bad. No. But I was just like, this is just not, it's just too, it's asking too much of me. And it's an alien movie. And it's not a rival it's an alien movie that has horses and, like, a rodeo, like, you know, guy trying to lure aliens with horses and, like, an ape attack. I, think, I, didn't, feel like, like it was, I didn't feel like it was asking too much of me, though. It felt, you know, I'm, I'm going
1: gonna, I'm gonna to do it, Jordan Peele. You're getting the comparison. It felt like Ambulance, Michael Bates in this movie, <laughs> where, like, he tries so hard. Like make you, but it's care. a different kind of. Try but it's, so it's, hard. No, it no, tries so hard in the sense of like to make you feel for these two brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the actor's name.
0: Jake Gyllenhaal and Jake Gyllenhaal.
1: Yeah, I couldn't. I, I could read it, but I can't like say it properly um, about their relationship. That it, and then like comparing it with like you know, Isaac Gonzalez in the back and whatnot. That like it has so many these moments to like go like oh weird characterization and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It ends up being a two hour and twenty minute long movie that should have been an hour. 45. Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing that happens there when these moments like talk where, you know, there's he's trying to do stuff and I'm like, this isn't entertaining. I don't fucking
0: care. It doesn't feel
1: heavy to me. It feels stupid because I'm like, listen, buddy. Yeah, so that's, yeah, we're just... I don't care about your goddamn message. Uh, we're thinking message of it in the same way not, but
0: we're just kind of like getting there like from
1: different Yeah, like you angles. say it's heavy. I just say like, I, I just like immediately want like...
0: It's just burdened with like extra, extra like subtext that like it doesn't need or or, or is justified by like so you you keep saying they keep having these conversations and they do but every time they have a conversation i don't learn anything more about the characters i just learn more about like where this story is where the plot is going or what the next thing that they're going to do is but i don't understand why and the limits to which kiki palmer can like Rasp out, a but lot. I don't think uh, if you gave Kiki Palmer something interesting to say, I bet she would knock it out of the fucking park. Oh yeah, she has for great sure. Great energy, but I don't think she's. And one of, and I noticed this like halfway through the movie. I was like, wow, they've really like marginalized her into like nothingness, and she is basically just a collection of outfits, um, and then someone who just comments on the action as it happens. Because that's one of the. I mean, so I've been as like I've been like. Again, I'm not like a writer on the level of Jordan Jordan Peele, whatever. But one of the things I think about when I I think about writing is, (laughs) I think about the idea of like staging. And I think one of the weird things that like happens in this movie is that like for some reason they keep having Kiki Palmer run back into like watch monitors and like comment to people on like a walkie-talkie. And for some reason Daniel Kaluuya seems to be standing in that like ramshackle barn for like 20 minutes and like just kind of walking back and forth and standing there being like, oh man, and then like. Then he's somewhere else. And I'm just like, how did he get from A to B? And, like, why is she still there? And then when they're looking at the alien from different sides, I'm like, I know that there's a subtext here that I'm supposed to be capturing, but I'm not sure, like, what the goal is. Like, they both want it to chase the other one, I guess. But, like, but did he have a plan that was, like, the juke balloon plan? Or was he just trying to get rid of it? Because... If all he does is like get eaten and she doesn't drive all the way away on the motorcycle, then everybody gets eaten and who cares? So like what's the, I don't know, because I don't know what the characters are thinking, because the characters aren't that deep. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what any of the motivation for anything that's happening is. It just looks cool. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it just was, it's just weird. It's just, it's, and I think it's a modern thing where, like you said, the Easter eggs are too important. Is that like, they're trying to tell a story with subtext. And, like, you can't. You still need characterization. You still need motivation. You still need these things. You need the skeleton before you start. Right. And then you just you can't just be like, I'm going to dump all this shit underneath and hope everyone sees it and they'll think it's so cool. And, like, again, Akira bike slide is fucking cool. It's just totally meaningless. Yeah. And that makes it, like, not as cool. Because you're just like, why? Is it supposed to be Akira? Is that Akira? Like, is that the thing? Is that like a metaphor for There's a Akira? Blood. There's a lot of blood. There's secretly the Akira movie. That bum you out, huh? Well, they should have dressed her like, like um, Tetsuo or something.
1: They didn't. No, no. If you wanna, if you wanna watch a fun, fun action movie that is a spectacle, a, a real spectacle, watch Prey. For Akira. Oh, 2022 spectacle or um the minions the rise of gru <laughs> or david o russell's
0: akira spin off oh in God. amsterdam could you imagine if it's secretly an akira movie i saw mario the best the trailer oh, no uh, actually yeah. let's finish this up or you can contact us at pivotalfilmpodcast@gmail.com or, or you can go to pivotal I, did I you did not do the twitter did, i did not do the twitter oh yet. you got <laughs> stuff um so I'll we'll just film, redo that. Film Pivotal is our Twitter, by the way. Pivotal Film Podcast, Gmail.com is our email. Go to Pivotalfilm.com to see a list of the movies on our Pivotal Film list and how to subscribe and some of the beers that we drank in the past. I I'm this, not drinking beers Ree, for a while, guys. I was drinking Gin Ricky today. I think I mean, we that's probably why we were very coherent. Yeah. Um, I, I I saw this amazing list of like uh, best support of like possible best supporting actresses. Or like the assumed best supporting actresses for the year, And one of them was like, they said it was like a shoe and it was Kristen Stewart for Crimes of the Future. And I'm just like, I'm definitely not watching the Oscars this year if Kristen Stewart's getting nominated for Crimes no, of the Future. Not at all. Um, but they also in the context or in the context of the article, they said that there's like a, an anticipated, they're not sure how, what, what Amsterdam's, their new Amsterdam's Oscar chances are because of the David O. Russell backlash. Did he do something that I'm not aware of oh, besides like a, being David O. Russell? He's
1: like a huge piece of shit on set, and then like. Well, we knew
0: that though, right? There might be some
1: like. He's made assault. several movies. Might since might Heart assault, maybe not sexual assault, but like assault, assault charges against oh, okay. we, against like people in subservient positions. That's gotcha. what I've heard.
0: Yeah, because I I, yeah, I hadn't any seen anything new stuff. besides like the original like I Heart Huckabee's like meltdown. Yeah, I'm Lily Tomlin. But apparently, it's just
1: like assaulting underlings.
0: That must have been tough for the underlings on that movie with Christian Bale and David O. Russell just going crazy. Well, apparently Christian Bale is like the one who like yells back at him. Oh, really? Yeah. But remember the remember the Genesis thing? No, 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 no. Salvation. Salvation. Sorry.
1: Wasn't. Yeah. Jason Clark didn't yell at anybody. Did Jason Clark doesn't care? Jason Clark just <laughs> hugged people. <laughs> and Amelia Clark. Oh my God, they're not even related.
0: What? So huggy. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll watch the movies. We'll talk to you in September at some Drink point. Drink some cocktails or beers. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 catch up and catch up in a month or so when a, when an actual movie worth watching comes out. Well, we have three thousand years of law. We can't do an entire episode
1: on that. I don't
0: know. I, I saw the trailer finally. I was like, I wanted I to give this movie the benefit of the doubt, but this looks weird. I
1: mean, it looks like what's his face uh, taseum whatever. Is kind of doing a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm talking about Tarsum?
0: Is that his name? Yeah. The, uh, the Fall. And I love The Fall. Cell. Lee
1: Pace! Yeah, it kind of it looks
0: like it's doing, trying to do something like that. I think The Fall might have been one of the first movies I ever saw at Criterion. And I went there alone because, like, no one wanted to see that movie with me. And there was nobody else in the theater with me because nobody wanted to see that movie. I like, nobody saw that movie. It was awesome. I saw it. This was fun. Well, it looked cool, but yeah, it had no, like, story. It was not It was no The Cell. What is it?